Welcome to Your Story Matters, the show where we share inspiring stories from all around the world. After you've listened to this one, why don't you tell us yours? Share your story at yourstorymatters.net. But first, here's your host, speaker and writer, Angela Schaefers. Today I have the pleasure of interviewing Carolyn Hauser. She is the author of Blossom, Your Seven-Step Journey to Healing Childhood Sexual Abuse. She's also a coach and helps others with personal development and conducts workshops. Carolyn, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me and giving me the opportunity to share my story and about my work today. I'm very excited about talking with you today. I know that your story is one of interest to a lot of people and in the past has not been talked about as much as it should. Perhaps sometimes now it's not talked about as much as it should, but we want to break through those barriers and help people to understand that they're not alone and that there is a way to heal. So I definitely want to hear what you've shared in your book and how your book will benefit the listeners. But before we talk about that, let's go back to your story, how things evolved perhaps parts of your childhood or what you started to do before you discovered that this was part of your purpose to share your story? For me, my story was really that for most of my life, I thought I had a golden childhood. I grew up in a very protected household, you could say, in the countryside with my siblings and my parents were very aware, you know, during the 70s were I'm from Germany, so my parents were in Germany, but here in the United States, the hippies and and the, the whole free movement um, was going on. And so my parents were very aware and tried to raise us in a very non-authoritarian way. And so I thought for most of my life that my life started going wrong, you know, what people would call wrong, around age of 11 when my parents divorced. And so starting around that time, I started not eating and, and develop, developing severe eating disorders, which um, I had with me or that I suffered from for over 10 years. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know if you know, but when people have eating disorders for that, for that long, usually I just have to kind of learn to live with the disease, basically, mm-hmm. and, and make, you know, make comments with not having ever a happy and fulfilling life. And then at age 21, well, my mom never gave up on me, luckily. So at age 21, she introduced me to a body of work that's called Family Constellations. She she basically invited me to go to a weekend seminar to learn about this work and see if it resonated with me. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the work that I now do. So it's a very powerful process that's done in a group. And basically, I, I, I was led to one of these processes, and within six months, I, I healed the eating disorders. And... Wow. Um, what is the yes. name of the process again, so we can make sure our listeners understand that? It's called Family Constellation. It's very popular in Germany. And so I'm hoping, or part of my mission is really to make it more popular in the United States because I've seen so much good come from it. And it's, it's just a very deep and very, you know, goes to the cause of whatever your underlying issue is and, and transforms that issue. And it's very very quick and, you know, very quick in, in that, that you don't have to spend years and years in therapy talking about something and not seeing results. Right, like, right. You see the result within a year showing up in your life. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. I love that you shared that because I know there's so many people suffering here in the U.S. and everywhere in the world 
from eating disorders and it's very prevalent and a very scary disease that actually leads to death and many other illnesses and diseases. So I thank you for sharing that part of your story. So you went through this healing and I'm so glad that that happened for you. And so for, for most of my life, I thought that what had happened around when I was 11 had caused um, my eating disorders, had caused my depression and just a lot of hardship. Mm-hmm. And what also happened during that time was that I was sexually molested by my mom's boyfriend. So all of these things I thought were what had caused you know, my, my, my depression and the eating disorders. And then after I was able to heal those eating disorders, people just kept saying to me, oh, you know, this is your mission in life. If you've been able to heal after such a long time, you really have to make this your mission and help people. So that's what led me to studying humanistic psychotherapy and naturopathic medicine in Germany. Mm-hmm. And now, so, let me ask you then, before mm-hmm. you go on, when you unraveled what had happened and you went through the family constellation therapy, was it revealed to you then that your eating disorder stemmed from all these things that happened at one time at age 11, or were there other things that caused your eating disorder and your depression? Actually, during that constellation, the cause of my eating disorder was not revealed, but what was revealed to me as like a first healing step was that I really needed the eating disorder to survive. And the whole time I was suffering, I felt like the eating disorder was killing me. You know, I was fighting with the eating disorder. I was trying to get rid of it. I was. Mm-hmm. I felt like it had. You know, it it was the thing causing my prop my my pain. Mm-hmm. And during the constellation, what was revealed was that actually the eating disorder was what kept me alive. Mm-hmm. If I hadn't had developed this mechanism, I probably would have killed myself. Or, yeah, I probably mm-hmm. would have killed myself. It's mm-hmm. fair to say. And so I was able to you know, like, stop the fighting, you know, I can't, I can't explain it differently. I just started to acknowledge for what it is and actually having gratitude for what it was. Mm-hmm. During that consultation, I was able to make amends with my mom and, and my, her boyfriend, and so that, that contributed to the healing as well. Mm-hmm. That's an astounding revelation that that was your coping mechanism, and I think that perhaps there's a lot of things that people do that are not healthy for us, addictions, eating disorders, etc., that do in fact keep us alive in an odd, twisted way because we're not focused on the other area that's so deeply painful that creates something in us to make us want to give up. But I want to ask you, because I've counseled other people with eating disorders and have done groups myself for them, what are your thoughts that some people think an eating disorder is slowly committing suicide? It's definitely a way of not saying yes to life. I mean, that, that's also part of, you know, what I've learned from those concepts from the compilation work is that I was really not saying yes to life. And the mm-hmm. more I was able to say yes to life and really take my life as it is, like the life that I've been given and see what I do have and, and you know, make it and really be just grateful for being alive and, and treasuring my life, the more I was able to let go of those eating disorders. So, yes, I do see it as, you know, a a soul not wanting to be really here and, and mm-hmm. yeah, not, not fully wanting to be here for whatever reason that is. And once we start to heal those underlying wounds and the reasons why we don't want to be here, then we can say yes to life and then the eating disorder can go away. And so definitely it's connected. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that. I'd like you to share with the listeners some of how you went about 
that healing process and forgiveness with your mom and her boyfriend and things like that because that's very powerful that can be life-changing as you know and Mm -hmm. we have a lot of listeners who have messaged me or called in about things that they've suffered and endured and they just want to be able to forgive so they can go on because it's like the forgiveness is holding them down and not allowing them to truly be free and live their life So can Mm -hmm. you share some of the ways that you truly found forgiveness towards people who damage your soul? Yeah, let me just finish my story real quick so it makes sense to people, and then I will answer the question, if that's okay with you. Absolutely. And so I was was telling you how I studied to be a naturopathic doctor and humanistic psychotherapist, and so I was working as a... I was working with people and as a psychotherapist in my mid-20s, and then I had my daughter, and you know, focused more on being a mother. And when my daughter turned three, all of a sudden I had memories of a much earlier sexual abuse coming up. Mm. So there I was thinking, you know, I had done all my work, I, you know, I worked through all everything, the abuse with my mom's boyfriend and the eating disorders. And then just like four years ago, I was faced with a much deeper layer. And that's actually how my book was born because I really felt like I needed another way to, to help heal myself. Mm. And so... In both cases, with my mom's boyfriend and with the abuse of my, which was by my grandfather, actually, mm-hmm. the consolation, the consolation work, the, the process that I lead people through, was actually very instrumental. And I, I mean, I, I went to other to other people to do it for me to have myself facilitated. Mm-hmm. And then also breath work was very important. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll talk about both in more detail. So in the consolation work, what was revealed to me through the process was that in the in the case with my mom, basically my soul had stepped in for her, taking on a role that she wasn't. She was basically not living the role of the, the partner in that relationship. And so my soul stepped in to do that. And the same thing with my grandfather. My soul stepped in to say, you can do whatever you want with me. I just want you to be happy. And so what I want to share is that oftentimes as children when we're little, we do things out of a blind love because we think we help the ones that we love. Like, I was thinking I was helping my mom by, you know, energetically stepping into her book life in a way. Mm-hmm. And also thinking of helping, I was thinking, and this is all happening unconsciously, of course, it's not a decision that we make consciously. Mm-hmm. All, that's all happening under the surface, you know, and not consciously. So what I've learned from the constellations is really that we have these contracts with souls that we come into life and we have these lessons that we want to learn. And it's never about this other this other person doing something to us. It's always there's two people in this together and they both suffer you know, the same or they both are impacted by what happened. So of course, an abuse and, and, you know, sexual abuse, any kind of abuse is always wrong. It's always wrong. But also, this is another person who is, who is, has the same right of being a human being that I have. Mm. He's like, even though he might have abused me or he has abused me, he's still a person and he has still the right to live and have his life with the burden that he has to carry. And so in the constellation work, What's possible is that people, specifically the perpetrators, take responsibility for what they did. And so in, in the constellations, the people aren't actually there. You usually use representative, 
other people that you know that you don't know and that don't know you, mm-hmm. you will, they will step in for 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 you to represent whatever uh, you need clearing with. Mm-hmm. And so you get to, you as a client get the opportunity to have the experience of your abuser saying to you, you know, I I wronged you and I'm sorry that I did that. So in in a way, then I don't have to forgive anymore because. Um, the person takes on responsibility, mm-hmm. and I, I can move backward belongs to them, and also I can be seen in in my pain. I can you know I can share that what that what that deed did with me. So I have in the consolation work we don't work so much with forgiveness. We work with the the perpetrator and the victim, each owning their own heart in it, and seeing where there can be an opening so that love can flow again. Mm-hmm. Just for clarification, because mm-hmm. I have a feeling that there'll be questions about this yes. thought process and and that part of healing. Are you inclined to then say that for some reason we draw these things into our lives as far as being abused and having harm come to us? We come in as all wanting certain experiences in life, and um, and that we before we come in that we make these agreements with the with other souls that will come in at the time. So yes, in a way that I, I believe that our souls set these circumstances up for us because I believe in a greater purpose. And for me, I know that if I hadn't had these experiences, I wouldn't be living my purpose first now. Mm-hmm. Does that answer your question? Yes, it does. And I just wonder if you ever have clients or people that you talk with about this feel that they're being blamed for something that was not in their control, so to speak. Do you know what I mean? I mean, there's a difference between spiritually feeling and thinking that we draw certain experiences to our lives, that our soul calls experiences to our lives, and yet Mm -hmm. being held responsible for someone abusing us or hurting us. That does come up, but the consolation, in the consolation work, the beauty of it is that we really work on a soul level, so usually we get around, like... The, you know, the feeling blamed and feeling like somebody didn't, you know, want us to want to make us wrong for what happened. Mm-hmm. It's usually, it's very much based on an ego level. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, that, that that does happen in real life. That does happen. You know, people say, well, it was your fault because, you know, you might have, you might have given signals or, you know, whatever it is. And, and in the constellations, it's more about how do I say this? I'm just trying to make it really simple. Acceptance instead of blame? Yeah, because like blame is very much based on, um, you know, you did something wrong and, and I want you to, you know, I want you to apologize and I need you to make this right. And so in the constellation, it's always, we always look for where is love stuck and where does love want to flow again? So it's a very, very different paradigm. Right. Not looking for being, you know, who's right and who's wrong. As long as you're on that level, there's never true healing in my experience. You know, we have to get to a, a different level out of our hurt, of our hurt part speaking. You know, when we feel like we we really need, we got made wrong and we need to be made right, that's still coming from our hurt place. And so we want to try to transform that and really get to the level where we, have a connection to what's the deeper truth of who I am because when abuse happens and you know most people know this something in your being or something in your 
and the being that you are being in this lifetime feels like it's it's broken and it's damaged and it you know it will just stay like mm-hmm. for the entire life. I mean, I know for myself and people that come to me, that's the thing you know that you feel powerless, you don't have power, you feel broken. And so what I what I teach my clients always is that 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 is part of us, but and there's another part of us who who in in reality and in truth can never be broken. Mm-hmm. And there, you know the, the being that you are is bigger than all the experiences and and the persona that that you build in this lifetime. That's right. I like that. Very good. Thank you for sharing that and for adding more into it so that the listeners can get a better understanding. I know there's probably so much we could talk about about that therapy and and how that worked for you, but I would love for you to share some of the other things that are in the book and how the book can help people who need healing. Yes. So my intention always and always has been and always is to help people help themselves because my own experience, books have been been really, really important in my life and have mm-hmm. helped me transform greatly. And a lot of people, you know, they they might not have money or resources or the time to, to go see a therapist or, you know, or, you know, invest whatever, what is, would be needed for going to a big seminar or big help, self-help. So I, part of my intention was to make the work accessible for as many people as possible, whether they have a lot of money, whether they don't have money, you know, whether they live in a different country. Um, I really wanted them to be able to, to have access to this body of work. Mm-hmm. And then also, I like the idea of knowing that you really, you know, the only one who can really heal yourself is yourself. That's of right. course, you need guidance, and there's times where we do need somebody, and we always need other people because we're human beings, and, and that's what fulfills our heart. But in terms of healing, I always find it dangerous when people have to rely on a therapist to get better. You know, when there's like, it seems like there's this one person who will make you better, and you give response. Again, it's about personal responsibility. You give responsibility to somebody else thinking that they can help you. So my intention and and what's been most helpful for me in my own healing is that to take as much or take complete responsibility for your own healing. And with that, you know, figuring out a way that, that, that you can help yourself so you can build trust in yourself. You can build, build up trust in, in your, in your ability to create life and, and take care of yourself. And so the book really it's partly I'm sharing my own journey in the book just for people to learn about family constellations and to learn to look at life in a different way because what I've learned from the constellations is that we are influenced by so much more than we can see. Mm-hmm. That, you know, I'm influenced by all the generations that came before me and um, I'm, I have been carrying so many things for so many different people in my, relation, in my, in my life, in my relationship, and then they play out in my relationship that I wasn't aware of so that that I really want people to start thinking about their lives and, and looking at their lives to see where they're carrying pain and stuff that's not even theirs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And and so the the, the book is um, partly my story but mainly a workbook, a seven week journey with exercises for every day in the seven step journey and each week spends once one seven days, one week on one step. It's a journey from from the mind into the heart because when trauma happens, what happens is that we leave our body and we're not really home anymore. Mm-hmm. Like it gradually, this happens over time. And, you know, when trauma happens in an instant that we just, our soul 
it's kind of pulled it out of our body and part of us leaves and and hangs out somewhere else, but not not in our body and not with us. And so we lose more and more energy. So part of the journey is really the journey of coming home back into your body and integrating your experiences so that you can be fully present in your life. And so each of the steps kind of builds on each other. Mm-hmm. You, you know, first really make you make your all the parts that reside in your head, your ego, the the structure that tries to keep you safe in life, to the, the structure that also builds the systems when you when you start to make changes in life, to bring that on board so that you know then you can dive deeper into your emotional work. And in the second and third week, it's really about learning to access your intuition because that helps you to navigate your healing journey in your life. And then when you're connected to your intuition, your intuition really speaks to you in your body. So you're learning really to be in your body and, and, and learning what that, what, that guidance, what that guidance feels like. And so you're relearning trust, trusting yourself, and then when you trust yourself, you trust somebody else, and you trust in relationship more, you trust the life more. Then, you know, the li- your life starts showing up differently. Your life sh- starts showing up in a supportive way and relationships start showing up in a in a more loving way because you're you're changing the way you're interacting with the world. Mm-hmm. And and then the the fifth and, and sixth step is really about learning tools to integrate the trauma and to move it out of your nervous system. When trauma happens, most of the energy gets stuck in your nervous system. And so a lot of the work that I've been doing in all family constellation work um is working with the nervous system and helping to release that energy out of your nervous system mm-hmm. so that you that you can have different response lives so that you don't have to react and fight or flight all the time and so that you can trust life more. Mm-hmm. And, and trust the, yourself more. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. And then the last step is called meet the world and your beloved in wholeness where it's really about taking everything that you've learned into the world and into, the, into your relationships and learning about different kinds of relationships and learning about masculine and feminine energies and how, how that plays out in yourself and your life and then also ways that you can move forward in really truly leading a life from your from an integrated you know from an integrated self where you're authentically being you as a woman using your feminine and masculine side for what what they're meant for, basically, you know. Because a lot of the times when we as women have experienced abuse, we shut off our feminine side and we very much go into our masculine and, and the doer and the protector and become very hard and harsh and that's actually damage, damaging to our bodies. So that's in a, in a nutshell, the content of the book. Mm-hmm. That sounds great. It sounds like there's a lot of great information and it sounds like there's steps that people can actually work on and work through, which I love because, as you said, I'm a big reader also. Reading has helped change my life. There's been so many amazing mm-hmm. books. But there's also a lot of books that I've read and thought, this is great information, but there's no way to apply it. So I'm glad that you're offering people a way to actually apply these steps in their life and find true healing can you share with the listeners some of the strengths that you have recognized in your own self since you've worked through this whole journey through your different therapy and with the support of others? What are some of the strengths that you realized you had that perhaps you didn't know you had before you went through your therapy? 
Yeah, that's a very good question. Most of my life, I thought that, you know, I was I was always very sensitive and people would make fun of me. And, you know, I would always feel that I was, there was something wrong with me that I was so sensitive. So, mm-hmm. And that's, for example, something that now I know because of the work I do, that it's my greatest asset because it's such a sensitive subject and I'm a very sensitive person. And so people feel really safe with me. And it's it's one of my greatest assets is that I can be very sensitive, whether it's, you know, to to my intuition or to other people. So that's what, you know, one of the treasures that I've, I've received from this journey is that knowing that my sensitivity is actually my greatest asset. Mm, I love that. And I think that's so critical, which is part of why I asked, because of course here, your story matters. The whole point is to learn and heal from and share our story to encourage and inspire other people. And I think sometimes that what people don't realize is that there are some wonderful nuggets of wisdom and truth in our story and it just is a matter of going through that story and healing from it and learning from it that will reveal those truths yes yes yeah i always i always see this you know if we if we don't if we didn't have the life that we had we wouldn't be who we are and in our in our in our rooms there's so much gold because once we have been able to transform it we can First of all, help others, and second of all, we can really consciously achieve a much greater level of happiness and freedom in life. You know, it's so rewarding to really get to a place in life where you where you can see that you are the co-creator of your life, and you can only get to that perspective if you take responsibility for all of your life. You know that you have been the co-creator all along. Mm-hmm. If you, and once you, if you feel like you're the victim. You cannot get into a place where you feel like you're you're creating your life. But once you are able to shift that, once you really take responsibility for all of your life and to see that oh, I I created all of this because I wanted to, I wanted to go through this experience because I wanted to free myself and I wanted to learn how to transform this particular you know issue. Then you can really then there's basically no stopping you because you realize your power. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that that is what you know the blossom and the blossom journey is all about to realize that we are indeed really powerful creators and that we can create the life that we we desire. We wouldn't have the desires if it wasn't ours to have. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree, and I love the title "Blossom." That is very profound in itself. What is it that you help people with, or talk to them about when they feel stuck? Because as you know, there's a lot of people who are desperate to heal. They have areas mm-hmm. of their lives that they know that they need some major healing, but they just can't start that process. They just can't move through the process, sometimes because it's extremely painful, sometimes because there's a great deal of denial. How do you help people through that, or what would you suggest to our listeners who are in that place? I mean, first of all, you know, you really have to be ready to heal. So, you know, nobody can force you to heal, but if you feel like you're ready and you just don't know how, then sometimes it's good, you know, to find somebody like a coach or a facilitator who can help you. And usually when people are stuck and really want to heal and come to me, I I offer a consolation for them. And the great thing about the consolation process is that, it, you know, it's a one-and-a-half-hour process. You do not need to go back in your story. You do not need to dig out your past. It's just very intense and deep, but it will not knock you out, and it will not, you know, it's not. It's nothing terrifying. It's a really freeing experience. Mm-hmm. And so I lead people through that process, and and 
within that process, the block, you know, the thing that holds them stuck usually is revealed. I don't know, you know, I usually don't know for people what it is that they need to resolve to mm-hmm. to get it unstuck, but the process itself will always reveal it, whether it's healing with their mother, healing with their father, healing with a brother, healing, you know, whatever it is that needs healing will be revealed in that process. And that's probably why I love it so much because um, it's so effective and it's not me making a decision. You know, it's basically life itself showing what that person needs. So it's a real blessing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like that. What would you suggest for those people who really have a true sense of fear? Because as you Maybe you know. I mean, I've experienced this mm-hmm. in my past. I feared the healing because it looked so scary from the outside to go through that mm-hmm. process. But, of course, now I know how wondrous healing is and freeing. Mm-hmm. And so do you have suggestions or tips for those people who just are terrified to go down that path? Yeah, I I can just say that usually the pain, you know, the the thing that we're afraid of, is really is really much smaller compared to our fear, you know, the, mm-hmm. the fear and the resistance we have. So it's been my experience that once people have gone through the process, you know, they see how they've been fearing and resisting this movement their whole life, and once they've seen it, you know, it doesn't mean that they really, you know, they um, the the constellation process is a very gentle process. I'm I'm not an advocate of going to catharsis and having extreme emotional experiences that can be re-traumatizing. So mm-hmm. the the constellation process, or in general the constellation process that other people do as well, is a very gentle process. And you're only given as much as you can digest. So that's another piece that I can tell people is that they will only be given as much as they can really handle. So mm-hmm. you know, it will not knock them out. They will be able to go back to work the next day there. They're not going to be knocked out and, you know, pushed back into trauma mm-hmm, at all. Mm-hmm. That's good to know. That's something important, and I think that that holds true for a lot of types of counseling. As a counselor myself, I know that that's sometimes the fear of wanting to even go to counseling is how bad is it going to be. And really, when you have a good counselor and someone who's able to gently guide you through the steps, it's not as bad as our mind tells us it could be. And so I'm glad that you shared that with the listeners. And I hope that anyone who's listening and needs help will find someone to talk to, will find support, will find a therapist if they need that. Certainly they can start by getting a copy of your book and starting Mm -hmm. the process that way. Can you share a little bit more with the listeners about some of the services you offer and where they can get a copy of your book and connect with you? I hold monthly, sometimes bi-monthly workshops in Santa Barbara and then also in different locations when people invite me to, to come to their homes where I lead people through the family constellation process. And there is constellation facilitators throughout the United States. So, you know, if you're not close to Santa Barbara and if you not can't come to Santa Barbara, you can Google it and I'm sure you could find somebody in your area. My website and the way you can connect to me is my name, so Carolyn Hauser, and it's spelled C A R. O-L-I-N-H-A-U-S-E-R.com. And on that website, you can find the, the dates for the workshops. You can also find my book. is right on the front page. You can order it from there. I do work one-on-one. I've developed a process that I can, where I can work with people one-on-one and even 
over the phone. So even if you can't travel and you really want to work with me, there's the way that, that that's possible. That's great. Carolyn, thank you so much for sharing a part of your story today for opening your heart to others by writing your book and sharing things that will help others to be on the journey of healing for themselves. And I wish you the best in your continued endeavors to help bring about awareness and healing for people, not just who have childhood sexual abuse, but who have suffered any type of trauma that need healing from to have freedom. Thank you so much for having me.